It's good to be here today. So let's have a recap of the story of Elijah. The passage that Kerry read to us is what I want to speak on today, but I just want to have a quick recap of the journey that Elijah's been on. We've been looking at what Elijah has been doing. And you see, Elijah had been serving God for years. He's been listening and speaking what God has given him. He's just spent three years living on the run. He's literally been running for his life. He had just had a really intense time of serving God when he went up Mount Carmel. You see, he had really seen God work miraculously for many years. God gave him food when he was sitting by the brook in a miraculous way. He prophesied a drought on the land, and it happened. He went to the widow's son whenever the widow's son died, and he prayed, and the widow's son came back to life. See, he was able to rebuild the altar of God because he went up and showed people the error of their ways, and he brought the people of Israel back to God, back to worshiping God. The drought was over. The false prophets had been killed. Rain had returned to the land. And Elijah just sat down to take a breath after this intense time. And someone sent him a message. Jezebel sent him a message, a threatening message saying, I'm going to kill you. It wasn't even done in person. It was done through a messenger. So Elijah ran. Elijah ran for his life. He was burnt out, and he just wanted to die. He asked God to kill him. So God made him some food. It's funny how God just gives you what you need when you need it. He gave him some food. He gave him some rest. And then he challenged him and said, right, you're going on a journey. And God took him on a journey to his holy mountain, took him on a journey and brought him into his presence. See, as we discussed last week, I want you to remember that it is okay sometimes not to be okay. But you know, want to know something? God loves us so much that he doesn't want to leave us in that place of not being okay. See, sometimes we like to set up camp in that place. We like to set up camp and, and stay there in that place of not being okay. It almost becomes like a crutch for us. It's something that we lean on, something that we rely on. And as soon as someone challenges us about, you know, why are you still in that sort of place? We burst into tears and we tell them our sob story. We tell them, this is what has happened to me. You know, can you not believe it? You tell them how hard it is and you go, don't you know what I've been through? Don't you realize that this person or this church or that thing happened and it hurt me in this way or that way? This is how I feel about it. And you see, we have to journey from whatever place of hurt we're in, whatever place of anything that we're in, whether it's a place of hurting or shame or disgrace or anxiousness or fear, whatever it is that comes against us, we always need to travel from there back to God, back to where God is. See, Hebrews 12 verse 1 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. See, are you willing to throw off everything that hinders you? It doesn't even have to be a bad thing. This is the thing. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. But if it hinders you from fully following God, it's not for you. It's not right for you. 
So are you willing to set that aside, the thing that you rely on whenever it gets tough, the crutch that you lean on? And we all have them. If you, if you don't think you've got one, then you're probably, your crutch is pride because you think that you're above it. You know what? Everybody has something that they lean on, something that they rely on, something that they struggle with. And the thing is, if anything in your life hinders God, you need to choose to lay it down. Are you willing to do that, to, lay, to run the race that God gives you? See, when you're in that place of hurting like Elijah was, Elijah loved, or God loved Elijah so much that he couldn't leave him there, but he got him ready for a journey. The last thing Elijah wanted to do was go anywhere. And the last thing you want to do whenever you're in a place of some comfort is actually do something about it. See, he was depressed and he felt like a failure, Elijah was. He asked God to kill him then and there. But God seen him. And God loved him so much. He gave him rest. He gave him food for a journey and said, get ready. He told him, you don't have the strength to get to where you need to go, but trust in me and I'll get you there. And some of us are in that place. Some of us are in a place of weariness and tiredness, of hurt, of pain, of fear, of anxiousness. And we've been invited by God onto a journey from where we are to him. It's a constant realization that we need to come to, that we always need to journey to where God is, journey into his presence. And you see, God had a 40-day and 40-night journey set ahead of Elijah, and he took him there. And similarly, God takes us on these journeys. He doesn't leave us where we are, but he takes us with him. And God wants to take you from where you are to where you have to go to. Are we the person sitting there going, God, please just take my life and finished. I've had enough. See, maybe we even started a journey a long time ago and we feel like it's taking forever to get there. See, we've got to look at the destination that God took Elijah to. He brought Elijah to his mountain. He brought Elijah to his presence, to Horeb, to the mountain of God. See, if there's anything that hinders you between you and God, it's going to divide you from God. It's going to put a wedge between you and God. The same as if you sin, there's a wedge between you and God. There's something that separates your heart from knowing God's heart. There's something that draws you away. And we need to draw ourselves away from that thing that we think is comfort, that we think is that, to God's presence. See, we need to end up in the place of Elijah. See, he had lost sight of who God was, but whenever he got to the mountain, that's where God wanted to reveal to him who he is. So God took him on a journey. He brought Elijah to where he was. We can sometimes look at ourselves as failures. We can sometimes look at ourselves as not worthy. Why would God want to do this for me? But let's look at what Elijah actually said to God. In, verse, in the second half of verse 9, it says, And the word of the Lord came to Elijah. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. God just simply asked him why he was here. And how often does God ask us that? 
See, we sometimes don't abide by the plans God has for us, so he turns to us wherever we end up and go, why are you there doing that? Why are you living life the way you're living it? This wasn't God chastising him. This was him asking him it in love, trying to draw out of him. Why are you here instead of where I had placed you? And today we need to ask us, why are we where we are? Why do we react the same way that we know we shouldn't react? Why do we say the same things that we know we shouldn't say? Why do we do that? See, are we, are we really walking right now where God planned us to walk? Are we living the lifestyles that God planned us to live and to walk in? See, Elijah felt like a failure. He felt isolated and alone. He felt like everything he had done had been a failure. That's what he was saying to God. He was saying, I have served you, God, and I feel alone, and they're all against me. The whole world's against me. I have served you. You know, Elijah, just a few weeks before, had called down the fire of God from heaven and showed the whole of Israel, this is who God really is. But yet he's sitting going, oh, God, you know, this is the way I feel. See, we all do it. Sometimes we come to God and say, God, I've tried to serve you this way. I've tried to serve you that way. They've rejected you. I've been left on my own. I've been abandoned. Things didn't go the way I had planned. I thought they would understand me by now. I thought they would get me. I thought they would have been healed by now, that person I've been praying for. I thought that prayer would have been answered. I thought that miracle would have happened. I thought that situation would have been resolved. I thought I would feel better about myself. I thought the anxiety would have gone. I thought the depression would have lifted. I thought the cloud hanging over my head would be different. We all come to God with these things that we, we, we sort of go, God, God, what, you know, and we end up being about I. You see, Elijah's journey to the mountain of God was all about him. That's not where God had wanted to take him, but it's where God had to take him. See, he ran away, and he didn't look to God for the answer before running away after Jezebel threatened his life. He ran away. He isolated himself. He felt alone. It was all of his own doing. He asked God to take his life. It was all about him. See, some of us have been in that place in the past, and maybe even in the present, some of us are in that sort of place. But I have good news for you. It's not about you. Thankfully, it's not all about you. It's not all about how you feel. It's not all about what you think. God took him on a journey to bring him to the realization of the healing that he needed. You see, some of us have been in that same place of hurt and pain for a very long time, and we think it's almost normal to be in that sort of place where we think it's all about us, where we're focused on how we feel and how we're doing and how we think about things. We have our eyes focused on us. But let's read on in the passage and see what God said as a response to Elijah's moan about himself. Verse 11, he said, The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. See, today God invites you from where you are into his presence. He invites you in with him. He wants to reveal part of himself to you today. See, God doesn't address Elijah's declaration. He doesn't pander to the monologue that Elijah had rehearsed. Because I'm sure the whole way there he was rehearsing, what am I going to say to God if he talks to me? What am I going to say? But what does God say? God says, Leave all that. Come outside and meet me. 
Today, some of us need that encounter. Some of us need that meeting with God today. In fact, I can almost go as far as to say everybody needs it in some shape or fashion. See, you only get to where you need to be and get beyond where you are if you see a glimpse of God, if you see who God was. So are you willing to come to God this morning and open your hearts, open your minds to him and actually see God? God says this in love. He says, come outside and meet with me. He says, come to me. Just like he did with Moses, he passed by. Do you realize how much a situation can change when you see God for who he really is? Whenever you take your eyes off of yourself and your situations and see him, see his face. Today, you're invited to see God. Today, he wants to say, come outside and see me. Come out and see a glimpse of me. Are we willing to leave our crutches and situations behind us? If anything hinders, are you willing to throw it off? So what will you choose? And then Elijah went out. You can read on in the passage about going out. See, God showed up. And God showed up in ways that you wouldn't think so. Whenever you think of God, you think, oh, it's something big and strong and mighty moving, like the powerful wind. But God didn't use the wind to display himself. Or you think an earth-shattering earthquake, literally everything quaking, the whole place shaking. That's going to show the power of God, isn't it? That's, going to, that's where God's going to be. But no. And then, no, a fire. Oh, fire. The intenseness of the fire. The intenseness of the heat and the flame. And we, we regularly talk about the fire of God falling, you know, and how we want fire of God from heaven to fall where we are. But no, God chose to come in the whisper. A, se- a soft and gentle whisper. He spoke it directly into Elijah's ear. A whisper you can't hear from a distance. You've got to be close. He wants to be intimate. He wants to be near. He wants to be present. See, did any of the situations that Elijah was facing change? Any of his worries or concerns change? No. What was the difference? The difference was he knew that God was in control. When Elijah went out, he realized God was in control. And yes, Elijah, when asked again, did start his monologue again and start going, God, this is how I feel. But you know what? God, he still had the encounter with God's presence, and he knew God was in control. So God gave him a revelation of who he was. See, we can hear God's voice and direction, and that will change the whole situations for us. Why? Because we won't be focused on us. We'll be focused on God. See, the way we view things will change when we see God for who he really is. It'll all be put into perspective. We'll not think that everybody else has the control. We'll know that God has the control. See, anything that has ever happened to you or will ever happen to you is never going to be bigger than what God is doing in your life. So Elijah had that revelation of God, and then God sent them on his way to continue Are you willing to have that encounter with God today? Are you willing to stop feeling the way you feel, doing the things you do, acting the way you act, to actually stop it being about you and about what you're going through, to actually see a glimpse of God today? We have to come to that point of realization that things can change. 
And they're only going to change when we view God right, when we follow God right, when we put things in proper perspective. I just want to read a passage to you from Psalm 24. Well, I'll read the whole of Psalm 24. And this is someone who gets it. This is someone who's got it, that God is in control, that nothing is outside of it. Because David was called what? A man who was after God's heart. That's what God was doing. Psalm 24. It says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. So who may ascend the mountain of God? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who doesn't trust in an idol and doesn't swear by a false god. For they will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him who seek your face, God of Jacob. Lift up your head, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. He wanted them to lift their hearts, lift their eyes. Look up, look to heaven for your answers. Who is this King of glory? It's the Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, the King of glory? The Lord Almighty, for he is the King of glory. See, when our eyes are focused on him, everything else gets the proper perspective. When we lift our eyes off of around us and our situations and look to heaven, that's when God encounters us and changes our hearts, changes how we view things, changes how we act. But are you going to open up the eyes of your heart? Are you going to lift your eyes up? Lift up your heads. See, God is here today, and God wants to do that for you. God wants to move in your life. God wants to transform you. He wants to bring his presence. I love the way the people of Israel, when they come out of Egypt, what did God give them? God gave them his presence. It was a fire by day so that they could see it. Sorry, a fire by night so that they could feel the warmth and see it, and a cloud by day so it could give them shelter from the blazing sun. And they stayed in God's presence as they journeyed with the cloud. And in essence, that's what we need to do. We need to stay with God and stay where God is, stay chasing after his presence, keep going where he takes us, keep going where he leads. And I want to encourage you to do that today. Journey from where you are, whatever the the, the crutch you have, whatever situation you're in, and we all have them. We have to admit that to ourselves. Journey from there to the place of healing, to the place where we see God and the place where we stay in his presence. Let's just pray together. God, thank you. Today we are not alone. Thank you today that we can just choose to give everything to you. We can choose to ask you to come and show us a revelation of who you are. You are the King of glory. You are the Lord, strong and mighty, mighty in battle. God, thank you today we can choose to honor you. We can choose to serve you. God, we just pray that your spirit will just come right now. Fill this room, fill our hearts May your Holy Spirit just fall. 
God, we want to see a glimpse of you. We want to see who you are. We want to see a revelation of the Lord God Almighty. God, you are good, and your mercy endures forever. So, God, we throw ourselves on your mercy. We throw ourselves on your grace, and we say, come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen.